many it has been a while a while months years i honestly can't remember when we released the last episode of season one i think it was 20 end of 2021 maybe yeah like we've been recording stuff but we haven't like released new things in a while so we are super excited because of it this is going to be coming out like in a matter of days from what we're recording now yes so you're literally getting fresh content <laughs> literally out of the oven pues this episode we'll just remind everybody in our audience that pochazo wet pues it's about being a pocha and speaking pochaness so a lot of the episode and the conversation that you'll hear is in spanglish i also wanted to do a disclaimer before introducing the conversation for today because i think that it will be a very vulnerable space and it is a space by the community for the community it's a space where If you are, if you have experienced family separation, exile, lack of mobility, if you have been deported or forced to return to your country of origin, you may identify and relate. And we hope that you feel validated by some of the conversations that you'll hear here. Um, and if you're a listener that maybe you cannot relate, we ask for you to really listen and that you let all of this information sit in. And we hope that you or this can contribute to disrupting maybe a lot of the prejuicios or at least it'll allow you to reflect and and for you to share this message in your community in your surroundings and hopefully it'll contribute to disrupting a lot of the narratives that continue to criminalize and um, affect our communities so yeah i think that we should just start with this conversation because It is a conversation with two guests, so it'll be it'll be really interesting, and and we should just allow our guests to to introduce themselves. We actually realized that they are both <laughs> two Oaxaqueños, proud Oaxaqueños. So I think this is this is also exciting because it's the first conversation we have with other people. Because as as you yeah. remember, season oh one is just us. And now these two people are the first official two people that we record a conversation with them. And, and I'm excited that it is two dignos representantes de aquí, de allá, pero de Oaxaca sobre todo. Oaxaca and California mainly, como both of them, both of them lived in Cali. Yeah, so let's just let Baruch introduce, introduce himself. I returned with my family when I was just a kid. I was around 13 years old. But before that, I lived 10 years in South and Oaks, California, part of Ventura County. I had the opportunity to study geography. Me reconozco, parte del pueblo mixteco, pueblo musabi. And yeah, thank you. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's Sheila. I'm also part of the returning community. I returned to Oaxaca 15 years ago when I was 15. So I've been living half and half my life uh, here in Mexico and, and the States. Really grateful to be here with the gals and the guy. And yeah, truly really trying to be part of this community and this returnee and being hugged by, by them. It's also, it's been great. In the back, we also have our 
website developer <laughs> slash camarógrafa Miri that will be taking some vertical and horizontal pictures. <laughs> She'll be doing memoria. Memoria of this moment. moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this book is now going for eight years that has been published. When did we read it? And I think we always have like different stories and different expressions of like how it impacted us. So les lanzo esta, esta preguntita pues to tell us your guys' story. Like how did this book first land into your hands? Eh, cuéntenos más. Yeah, I can go first. This was sent uh, to me by my sister, Dani. Shout out to Dani. She's also part of the community here, and she's the one who introduced me to all that, to Pocha House, and really kicked me in the butt to try to get out there. She's like, come, come do this. There's a book club going on about people with the same experiences as us. Let's let's go see. Let's go try it out and 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 go. And so it was the virtual. Like we were very into the pandemic too. So it was like the first virtual book club that Butcher House was doing. And and I was able to read and and just kind of not reopen wounds, but re the things that I have pushed down so much of of myself and my experience just to get through the day by day kind of came back afloat and it was healing because it was something that needed to be aired out and and say and and being with all the rest of the group who also went to the same experience so there was like un unsaid agreements or unsaid that I know how you feel I don't have to explain myself I don't feel like a total outsider even though we all come from different walks of life or different returnees experiences and there's nuance between us but we still have the core of what it feels to be returnees and what it feels like to feel alone what it feels like to be hurt what it feels like to be confused and be happy to be here and miss at the same time where you were so i think that's the impact of what this book has brought me thank you for sharing shay and yeah i remember the book club it was a really intimate fun heartfelt healing space and i think it still has like a lot of memories and a lot of healings that it keeps on giving and you Baruch, how did it land into your hands i remember memo coming to our office space and at that moment it was like And it was like a few weeks after that that I got to go to Pocha House and the Centro Historico. And that's where I met Maggie, that's where I met Esme. Memo was there. Um, who else was there? Kime and Jill. And like it was really cool going there. Como el cholo on the guitarra. <laughs> The, uh, the map and yeah I remember Maggie handing me the copy of the, the first publication and it was a very beautiful gesture it was a space of accompaniment of accompaniment like a community member of the SWAP I didn't hit the 20 in that moment I was already negated my process of immigrant migration and that was it and I took the book 
Thank you for sharing, Baruch. <laughs> Shout out to Memo for ahí también haciendo sus conectas. And I remember taking those workshops every Saturday <laughs> with you. And I think, como llegó el libro a mis manos, pues va a sonar como muy diferente de la experiencia que tiene Maggie. Because if, if y'all don't know, <laughs> chisme, es que pues Maggie is one of those stories que está en esos streamers, ¿no? Pero as well, for me, it was actually around like, 2016, in my hands, and not precisely like the book, sino que copies of the book. And I was in Veracruz, and I had set out to try to like search for my community. And I was collabing with this dude, and he told me pues, que había este publishing about these stories. And I had never heard about Los Otros Dreamers. I, I was searching for a community and I was even wondering if a community existed in itself and he actually asked permission de Jill if um, he could like print it out for me like give me a copy because creo que en ese momento no habían como copias físicas del libro and Jill gave him permission and one day I arrived to the, uh, to the office and he gave me this copy of this book and I started to read it as well and I also cried and I it was kind of a testimony of being able to hold those pages in my hand and to realize como these thoughts and this feeling of being the only one and que I always knew that I couldn't be the only one. I just wondered like where are we? Like I finally had something tangible to be able to say like this is my community. So it was very, really powerful. And soon after, I shared a space in a book fair with Jill. She signed those copies for me and she added what is now like my favorite frase. I added on a bit to what she wrote. So she wrote, La lucha sigue. And that left me reflecting because I, when I was I, over there, I guess I didn't know I had a lucha. And then being back here and trying to search for my community, I knew that came with a lucha. So it was kind of like la lucha sigue en cualquier lado de la frontera que estés. So that's also another part, uh, another gift que les otros streamers has given me. I don't know if you want to add on, Maggie. I think that in my case, as Lenny mentioned, the book came to me not as a book yet, but as the call for the book, como the call for stories. Back in 2012, end of 2012, And it was a whole process of, of two years of writing and sending what I wrote and hearing back from folks and paso tiempo and then like a photographer coming to my uh, town to take pictures and then hearing back from them and then receiving this invitation to go be in Mexico City to present the book in 2014, in September 2014, which is also why we're doing this special episode because it was eight years ago when we presented the book uh, for the first time in Mexico City in El Museo de la Ciudad de México, which is a museum downtown of Mexico City. And it was just being part of that. And also the book, I've always said that it is what really rescued and saved my life in a way, or in many ways, because through it, I was able to discover that I wasn't the only one, that there were more people and even receive support in revalidating my U.S. high school and figuring out things, right? And poco a poco that led me to get into college, which then led me to come to this presentation, 
which then led me to apply for a B1, B2 visa, which then led me to have mobility for 10 years and start with Jill, the organization Otros Dreams en Acción. And now we're here and we feel that every year and really everything that ODA as an organization does has this element of trying to transform narratives and trying to give visibility to stories and who tells those stories and how those stories are being told and why are they being told and a lot of the work that we do is aligned to that so that is why we think it is it is important and going into the next question also but I know that you read the book and we were wondering what story or what stories resonated with you most from the book like I know that we've shared also in the past that the book is also very, I think it's very interesting how it was edited by, by Jill Anderson in a way that it not only talks and shows the diversity and the complexity within the community, but it's also like one collective story. You can read the book from De Atrás Pa' Adelante, or you can just choose a story and read it. But if you read it de adelante para atrás, como you can see it as a collective story, no, in many ways. And it's also interesting how those stories connect with each other and how they don't. So we're wondering if you can share a little bit about what story or what stories resonated with you and why. some things that that don't resonate with me such as we see uh, when I, uh, reading the book there's lots of teenagers adults but me as a kid I didn't really find those stories so when I was I, I arrived here I was 13 years old and also the context is really different now like I never went through or never heard of DACA Till I was over here and way after. My family and I came back before 9-11. So that was really interesting. Knowing that what I went through wasn't only in the 90s, al principio de los 2000s, sino también. It's something that keeps happening. And and being part of all that, pues te das cuenta que pasa y pasa. Y, y no es algo que... que something ongoing but if I could choose a story Pamela she talks about like un poco resignada she and her family are coming back because her parents wanted to come back so that it's something que me pasó a mi I never knew Mexico I left here as a baby como niños, niñas, jóvenes like nos atendemos a las decisiones de nuestros padres. So my parents painted me a really beautiful Mexico. And llegué a las periferias, which is not the most beautiful place, but I call it home, yeah. Tecatepec. And eso, no, like also something that was really sounded, made me resonó mucho was she was from Georgia and she never had part of the, been part of this, a Chicano pocho culture, no, that I was part of, no. The, las fiestas de mi pueblo se celebraban in California. Mexican food was was part of our daily meal. 
nunca probé una buena tortilla hasta que llegué aquí. Maybe en Oxnard, ahí sí. Pero realmente, realmente no estábamos acostumbrados a como una buena tortilla. En eso, ¿no? Como, like, her journey in, in the story es como también embracing where she's from. As someone growing in Cali, in Cali um, I think we know where we're from, but we don't really know where we're from. So we're like, we know this place exists, but not completely. Entonces, her, her, what she's telling us in her, in her story is this one, like, discovering where she's from, where she's going to try to adapt. And I feel really close to this story, I think, because of that, you know. I've been here 20 years, me dicen el veterano a veces. And that, no, like, and I had also, like, trouble acknowledging who I was for a long time. Como no sabía si era de aquí, de allá. I didn't know how to um, reconocerme, no. And now, after lots of years, sí, me reconozco, I don't, no me reconozco como mexicano me reconozco de un pueblo mixteco y, y me reconozco dentro de distintos territorios and I think that's part of I hope I hope Pamela has also discovered este camino and and yeah it takes time and actually until this moment I hadn't reflected as well that I was reading and relating to these emotions as a young teenager until you're sharing it right now like that these emotions that are shared by young and mid-age adults are also able to be reflected as kids and as teenagers and i think that's a testament how like these impacts of migration and borders are intergenerational and that many times within this return of because of the consequences of deportation or because of the consequences como compartías. Also, in my case, I didn't have a chance to elegir si sí o no irme. Y también a mí me pintaron que en México we were going to have a pool, que en México they weren't going to work as much, que en México we were going to be good. And that didn't happen. Pero I guess I had never reflected that. And, and that when I read Les Otros Dreamers, I was already an adult. And I was relating to these emotions still. But at the same time, I, I never, until ahorita que compartes, Baruk, eh, pues reflexioné que mi hermanita, pues que llegó también como de tu edad, que mis hermanitos que llegaron en elementary school, pues related to these emotions. Mm-hmm. And Shay, can you share with us también? Sé que por ahí eh, tienes de hecho el libro en la mano and you've been like, flipping through it and stuff like that, but you had also mentioned um, a story that, that you felt resonated with you as well. The one that kind of resonated with me pretty much um, more in my earlier experience of being a returnee was Valeria. She was deported and talks about this whole experience of just being lifted up and just placed into another country. And that's what I felt at the time. I was about to turn 15 with no control or no decision or no say that I can, that to leave, you know, I was, I was following my mother after our parents break up. So that was traumatic and I can see the traumatic and the chaos and, and just going where they're taking me uh, through Valeria's story. So 
that that emotion is still there. Like even though years after, I've been here 15 years, and it's still that I can still put myself back in that chaos. I still put myself back in feeling vulnerable and in, in chaos and in, in not knowing. I, I, my parents didn't really explain a bit more of my story. Uh, my parents didn't really painted me a picture of Mexico. We came, we came once when my grandmother, my dad's mother died and we stayed here for a month and there was a wedding after. <laughs> and they were like, okay, like, well, you're too big to get, pretty much. My dad was like, hey, well, you guys been together quite a bit, a long time. Now it's time to get married. So we're going to do a funeral and a wedding in this trip. So that, so that was my kind of experience in living there, but I kind of saw it like more of a vacation type thing and we were able to return. I'm not sure how we were to return. I was six, so we, uh, again, I don't recall the specifics. I was taken again. So that was like my memory. So I do have like some sort of physical memory as a young child being in Mexico and being in El Pueblo and being with godmother and family but it was like oh they're visit they're far away and then years later like well this is who you're gonna be stuck with um we moved in with my uncles and just just the whole adaptation and this whole chaos of i don't know where i'm at anymore i don't this this is a strange place i do not this is not my home. I'm not used to it. I'm not used to the food. I'm not used to the language per se. I did learn Spanish when I came back. My parents were very adamant of me not having an accent in English since I already look different. So might as well try to be as gravitated uh, to um, US society as I could. So me not learning Spanish, me not learning to eat spicy food, me not learn, me not having those taste buds develop for the Mexican cuisine was like one of the first things I uh, me tope regresando so it's now I can see it as funny now but like through Valeria's story I can see the chaos and just the just the vulnerability and just not be able to you have any control of yourself or of your future or of your life or of today or where you at so it's just this lack of insecurity per se even though we were in a safe spot with family i still felt very insecure in not knowing if i was gonna stay there or if we we're gonna move again or if we we're gonna what what life had in store for me in the future so that's that's pretty much where i relate very with valeria and her story thank you for sharing shay the in one of our previous episodes and which is when the first season maggie shared her experience of also like coming back to Mexico as a little girl like you have vague memories and then of going back as well no so having I guess como esos snippets of coming back pero como dices of not really remembering pues as you guys know we are gathered right now as a community as like a returnee D4T community and as well pues undocumented community because these are the stories que nos atraviesan and pues we wanted to ask you what has the book meant to you as a person that has gone through these experiences. This before meeting Oda, like it was in my prime. 
project or I lost that interest in finding community or I think I never had that interest in finding community as Lenny ese no era mi llamado um, because I think part of it I, I me resigné like, at a very young age no, I arrived here when I was 13 years old again and I remember like those first two years in middle school last two years in middle school I hated them and you know yeah I think it was till high school that things started to look okay for me I started to feel comfortable being here my Spanish was still not good but it was doing better and at that grado like I was distancing myself from what I went through entonces nuevamente like 15 years a little bit more pasado before I crossed you know como con con una comunidad tan grande that was deported 13 years ago and we've talked but he's also distant because he went to another part of Mexico but yeah sí fue como parte de aguas because a partir de este libro I got really involved with Oda I've made new friends I'm starting to practice my English again there we go La my Spanglish my Spanglish I lost my pocho acento hace mucho but we um, got you we got you no worries and yeah como que so I think it's been that como un parte I was acknowledging my story más que nada and y haciendo notar lo que también all stories are important and también no pensar que desde ahora también se puede pensar y se puede dar oportunidades también de contar otras historias and creo que again I'm advocating mucho for like children yeah. so they so those stories could be told you know what's really cool about the book is que no solo es banda de la Ciudad de México mm -hmm. sino es banda que llega comunidad que llega a Morelia a Guanajuato a Chiapas comunidad um, indígena San Luis Potosí um, <laughs> and I think that's justo very important, ¿no? Porque justo parte de la intención de la convocatoria del libro era eso, ¿no? Que no solamente se reduciera a aquellas personas que estaban en la Ciudad de México o aquellas personas que tenían acceso a internet o a redes sociales. Entonces se hizo como un gran trabajo desde la editora G, la fotógrafa y personas de la comunidad que estaban como presentes en ese momento en justo compartirlo con organizaciones en Guerrero, en, eh, en Baja California, en San Luis, en Chiapas como para que hubiera justo esa diversidad de experiencias y también de idiomas, ¿no? Como creo que eso también era algo muy intencional de que las personas tuviéramos la libertad de compartirlo en el idioma que nos sintiéramos más cómodas, ¿no? Y que iba a haber la traducción al, al otro idioma, en caso, en caso de escribirla en español, pues al inglés, o escribirla en inglés al español, pero también para las personas que eh, hablan un idioma indígena, también como esa oportunidad de, de escribirlo en su idioma y de tener traductor también para, para esas historias. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel very much what Baruch said and Maggie said. We can see, even though la banda llegó a diferentes partes del, del país, 
we still see each other we're still one community the book has been for me in auto reflective healing i no había reconocido that I was just in flight or fl fight or flight mode for all this time and i was hustling uh, like llegar aquí pues termina la escuela okay ya terminas la escuela pues consíguete un trabajo y, y, y trying to survive el day by day que you don't recognize some some traumas or some feelings that you have of de la situación que te pasó porque te pasó you know you can't sweep it under the rug you shouldn't have to y también fue a, a time for me to stop and to reflect on myself and say que dolió que, que estuvo que, que me dio que me dolió que me quitó que me que me aportó porque like even though like this it was a traumatic experience it, it made me I can I can accept now that it made me stronger it made me braver it made me not afraid of moving or going to a different country or moving out as I did aquí en la Ciudad de México by myself I'm like hey if I did that I can do anything that it's it's the worst has been behind me to the sense and and it gave me a reason to stop and say like hey no there's some healing that needs to be done here there's some hurt here and there's a community like I never thought I needed a community I never thought I needed I always felt the odd one out yes he was there so I was like resignada being the odd one out get namas in my nucleo familiar because I have a family of mixed status than he my sister Dani does have uh, she was born in the US so I was just so up into esa dinámica in, in my own family nucleus that lo que representó regresar or said returnees that I thought that that was that we were all just suffering I didn't want to share to add on more suffering to my family because I know what they've been through because we've all been through the same thing but it, I felt power and healing through reading the book and say like wow that's that's powerful and I feel the same way you do and there's a companionship that that I didn't know I needed until I got into the, the book club and into more with Oda and into Voceria and, and now being a facilitadora for for Voceria just being that more involved and say like hey we can break we can break the cycle at least slightly better so it's not del tan de la chingada como nos tocó a nosotros that we can make it the landing a bit softer and we can be the people that we want that we wanted people to be when we most needed it and so and that's what drives me more to be more part of all that more part of the community to to break the cycle because we we've been through the ringer all of us been through the ringer in our own ways and in and we're not and we're more compassionate for it and we're better for it and we know what it means so just helping out the rest of the community has just just been um healing in my own ways and, and just try to lighten the load and soften the landing and make make you coming to your tierra whatever that means to you uh, not as traumatic Thank you, Shay, for sharing that and, and for, yeah, for telling us a little bit about, about that, como, 
what what that has meant no o significado in this process and also i think you mentioned something that a lot of us have mentioned no? like how can the work that in this case oda as an organization does to accompany and to make the path a little bit less um lonely for future community members that will be deported or have been deported or return and i think that's really really important and part of of the work that that all that does and why we're here um and also just to share a little bit so we're talking about los otros dreamers the book this book was first published in 2014 um, by the editor Jill Anderson and photographer Nin Solis. And now in 2021, we were very fortunate to be able to work on a second edition. And this second edition, among a few other changes, one of them is the title of the book, which now is Les Otras Dreamers, written with X's, because we felt that it was important to show this fluidez no, in the title también, and, and talk about that and reflect that as part of the diversity within the same experiences in the book. And with this new introduction, the stories remain the same. We believe that the stories continue to be very relevant even now for many people. The book was also, the first edition was also worked on pre-DACA, so all of the stories in that book we did not qualify for DACA, not only because we weren't there at the moment and we were already in Mexico, but also many of them would have not qualified even if they were in the United States because of convictions that they might have. And now with the second edition, as we said, there is a new introduction that was written by Jill and myself where we talk a lot about not only the lessons that we've learned and unlearned, but also the changes, the transformation, the everything that has happened in back then was six, almost seven years. And now eight years, I think there's, I think that went in 2014 when we got together, many of us here in Mexico City, we always talked about, oh, I wonder what we'll be doing in 10 years, no como. And now it, thinking that, that it's going to be eight years, we're all in so many different places, no? Because also I think it's been important to, to mention that we were all going through a lot of trauma when we wrote those stories, no? or when we worked on those stories, and we were all in different moments. Those of us that participated in the book, we were all in different moments, going through different traumas, going through all of the experience while writing about it, and I think that's something that we'll tap into when we talk a little bit about memory, but I think it's also, now that I think about it, it's a big responsibility to publish something whether it's a film or a book because then you're gonna read it 10 years or 20 years later and you're gonna see that version of yourself and other people will see that version of yourself and they're gonna interpret it however they want and you might not be like nothing close to that person but it's still there as a document that is public and accessible for for other people right so thinking about all of that and and, and now talking about this new edition, um, we also didn't just want to publish a new edition with a new introduction, but also we, we were really wanting to think about something more, como algo más 
como una plataforma, ¿no? So that people could also be involved in the book and not, not it being maybe so, something that you just hold in your hands and you read, but give an opportunity for readers and people who get this book to also get involved. Also thinking that now there is an organization and that there are ways for people to get involved. We worked on a website that we will be sharing more in our social media, the, the website. But in this website, people can, can order the book. People can order the book in PDF or print on demand if they're in the United States. But also people can actively contribute to this website with their experiences or their stories. And they can do it by writing, by audio, by video. And... Now with our guests, como Baruch and Shay, they both have contributed to the book. And I think we want to ask a little bit about why did they decide to contribute to the book? Como why did they feel that it was important to write something, to have it there, accessible to people through a website? Yeah, so we want to start a little bit with that question and then why is it important and, and what does it mean to you? as an author and we'll start with Shay. I think it when uh, it was presented to me to be part of the, the the platform, the online platform, I felt very vulnerable and very scared, but also very happy at the same time that me sharing my story personally, I've been it, it was scary because you have to be vulnerable to write these stories and you have to be true to what you felt in that moment and be true and it's just a timestamp of that time or how you reflect your own experience because probably now I probably see my experience differently than what I did when I wrote it but it's like a, it's a bit of a timestamp where you can it's, it's a mark that you can see where you were in that time and how you felt about your return and what it what it meant and for me it was just to felt honored to be able to add on to the voice and just make our voices louder that hey for someone can hear us like hey you're not alone here's my story too I've been in your shoes I walked that mile that you have I've been that person scared and 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 we're okay and you're gonna be okay whatever that means to you whatever that um however that pans out for you you're gonna be okay because there is a community for you there is a community that's willing to open the arms for you and who who already knows i think very much of these traumatic experiences that you have to explain yourself over and over and over again and you get the same questions over and over and over again like do you miss there what about here and just people who don't know the experience and won't know until you've lived through it so having this community and having be able to give my voice to to the platform was was part of me just trying to again what all that does is to break the wheel and say like hey at least be that's a starting point because for that was one of the starting points for me this was the book that made me closer to all that to make me an um, active participant now And hopefully that can be the stepping stone for, for future, for future all the members, for future Loteria, for future staff too, that just to make this, this community grow, that I know there's a whole lot more of us out there. And aquí estamos, banda. We're right here con los brazos bien abiertos for you guys. 
And I think to add on, when we were thinking about like this website, pues se visualizaba como los las páginas que siguen, no las páginas that keep on adding on to los otros streamers because como compartimos, compartimos, como compartimos, pocha mame, pues this book and, and its stories keep on being relevant. But at the same time, como comparte Maggie, hubo un time frame, como ahorita compartía Baruch, you can see the different times in, in, in the digital page now of los otros streamers, of these stories. Why? Because they keep on happening, because this is still something that's going on. These are still emotions, experiences that we are living through. And as well, we, within esta, esta semilla que floreció de este libro, ahora esta organización que es ODA, We've also analyzed and we've also in the first season talked a lot about esa emotion of sintiéndonos ni de aquí ni de allá or sintiéndonos de aquí de allá and when we say that what does it mean but as well como compartía Shay we had the book club virtually and we did it literally when the pandemic hit and when the second edition of Los Otros Dreamers as well as the website it also came out during pandemic times and with saying que somos de aquí de allá and being able to have a virtualness, we were able to also start to connect more with our community al otro lado. Undocumented people, people from Mixed family, documented people, etc., etc., no? So it started to also fortalecer even more and how, as well, people that joined the book club or joined virtual spaces that weren't returnees, that weren't deportees, but were still on the other side and living those experiences that we had, we've lived before, how they were able to also relate to the book and how they were all able to also connect with the emotions. So I think we would love to ask y'all and, and if you guys would like to read like some snippets of your, of your story, if they possible. They can read all of it. Or, uh -huh, you guys can read, okay, okay, ya nos, aquí nos dijo la productora que pueden leer toda su historia, pero I would love to be able to read el poema de Iván, so he is el primer compa que sumó su historia estando del otro lado, en donde también conectó, eh, conectó y pudo eh, verse reflejado en los otros streamers y estuvo participando en muchos espacios virtuales, um, y que pues, he also shared este sense of like being able to find community with us now on this side of the border. So I'm going to give it a quick read to kind of como encender, inspirar, inspirar, okay? So, and as well as a reference, como compartía Maggie, there's different formats that you guys can send, but you guys can also send like poems. Um, you guys can also send artwork, which is the case of Ivan, who shares his poem called Valleys. So Valleys by Ivan Salinas. I come from another valley where Aztec ruins float over crowded lakes and terrified poor students flee. Not too far from militarized cities, tapping us in between, colonized hills. Under the sun, I thought I left my valley behind. In the drying suburbs where the natives work, in warehouses and on supermarkets, oranges are the only fruit. I miss you, but did I ever leave? I still thirst through your droughts lighting up Fire in September, and I'm still not independent. From your white picket fences, I can imagine. You sent my social security, arriving safely in the mail, at risk of being stolen. And this is Ivan, who is in San Fernando, California. Shay, 
Shave, would you like to grab the mic and read your story? Yeah, I can go. I don't really remember if my parents had talked to me that they were splitting up and my mom, my sister, and I were going back to Mexico. I just remember my uncle getting to us in Missouri with his car and being so hurt and scared that when my dad came to say goodbye, I acted though as I was asleep. But now looking back, saying goodbye to family and friends didn't truly really hit until later because I wasn't truly aware that it would be around 10 years until I would see them again. It was a couple of days until we arrived in California with my aunt, my dad's sister. It was a very gloomy time, even though everyone tried to hide it. I do appreciate the effort of them trying to make it seem as natural next step that we were going to be fine since we're going to Nuestra Tierra and the journey of many the journey many of them will never take and often long for. Nuestra Tierra sounded foreign to me. I had only been there for a month or so when I was little and the irony is that is that the country that is a part of me I saw as a stranger and the one that didn't recognize me as one of them feels like home. One of the first things I bumped into, or should I say, face-planted into, was the language and social cues. I get why my parents didn't really push me to learn Spanish, Mexican culture in depth because they wanted me to feel integrated into American society and not to be casted as an outsider due to an accent since I was already, I was already going to look different or non-white. But that was exactly the thing that always casted me out of being in Mexico. Even though I look pretty similar to everyone else, but my Spanish always sounds funny and I didn't get the nuances in social context clues right away. As a returnee that's been living in Mexico for almost 15 years now, I have accepted that I'm not going to be a perfect puzzle piece in either puzzle. My color and edges are always going to be different and that's okay. Embracing the differences and being the odd one, odd one out makes me more recognizable, memorable, and even through the scars and tears, happiness, loss, etc., I knew it is easier said than done. But my advice to every returnee, deportee, or anyone going through this experience is to embrace your weird edges and shapes. You are special, valid, and worth the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Shay. Quencha nos nuestro thirst of hearing your story, please. Okay. <laughs> So I returned to Ecatepec, Estado de México. I wrote it in Spanish. Hace 20 años que retornamos a México. Después de vivir 10 años en California, llegamos a tal realidad que solo estaba a unas cuantas latitudes de diferencia. Nuestro retorno fue planeado y llegamos a una casa a orillas de una de las ciudades más grandes del mundo. Al otro lado había crecido con niñas y niños que se parecían mucho a mí. No solo por el color de piel, sino por el contexto, eh, sino porque vivimos bajo un mismo contexto. Algunos teníamos ciertas certezas de que en realidad no éramos de ahí. Sabíamos que éramos migrantes, sin entender lo que realmente significaba eso. Algunos de esos niños vivían esperanzados al saber que vivirían ahí toda su vida. Y otros esperábamos un retorno a una tierra desconocida que nuestros padres nos contaban que era de nosotros. Al llegar a este país, la familia no era lo que yo me había imaginado. Y que los posibles amigos tampoco. 
Días y meses de soledad, uno de los primeros shocks existenciales me había llegado a los 13 años y de nuevo volví a la, la sensación de no pertenecer. En esta ciudad también inició un proceso de autodescubrimiento que me tomaría muchos años. Uno de mis primeros acercamientos a mis raíces fueron pocos meses después de haber llegado a la ciudad. Por primera vez reconocí los pueblos de los cuales nos habían hablado tanto y los conocía y que solo los conocía a través de fotografías. El lugar era de mis abuelos y mis abuelas, pero que también eran de mis padres y que también ellos me decían que eran mías. He de admitir que durante muchos años negué esta realidad de identidad. Estaba desenraizado, fascinado por una cultura del West que no tenía nada de malo, ya que también era parte de mí. Pero llegué a una ciudad que en ese momento me orillaba a negar mi lugar de origen. Con el tiempo he entendido un poco mejor las enseñanzas de los abuelos, que solo intentaban transmitir amor y respeto hacia mis raíces. Y para mí, ese proceso de enraizar ha tomado su tiempo. Al igual que entender que podemos florecer en cualquier parte sin tener que negar y olvidar de dónde viene esa semilla de nuestras ancestras. Hoy puedo reconocerme y florecer como Mixteco y Usagi, que al igual que mucha gente de mi pueblo, me ha tocado ser parte de este proceso migratorio, que no es contemporáneo, sino siempre ha sido una constante de nuestras historias. en los otros streamers website que we'll be sharing more info about but ahí están eh, más historias y también si desean sumar sus historias pues ves que no sugieras open and we can make that work so kind of pues reflecting on esto que nos compartías Baruch about if you join the cult como muchos dicen pues finalmente nos vemos como este tejido vivo no and I think that was a beautiful way of, of sharing it como this tapestry of experiences that we have lived on and that and, it, and it's vivo because it still is something that we are living and we continue to grow from no and how in in different episodes you guys have heard como este sense of memory and looking back to that story that maybe i wrote you wrote and maybe not being able to see yourself in it now after a certain time but then that another person can read it and they will see themselves 100% reflected. And I think that's one of the powers of memory. Pero una pregunta para ustedes es, how do les otros dreamers contrib contribute to conserving memory? And why is it important to share our stories? Sometimes it can be a, a way of opening up wounds, como compartía Shay, pero how do we heal as well through these stories, which I think is something that we've shared throughout es que pues el contarnos esas historias aunque nos ponen en posiciones de, de vulnerabilidad aunque quizás es retomar o, o tener que revisitar ciertas heridas se, re, se visitan ahora de diferente forma y se visitan también con la intención de querer conectar con más compañeros pero también de sanar yo creo I think when I was thinking about this question I was thinking more about all the like work and archive and documents that Oda has done as an organization. I think I was thinking more about the question about like, what what is it the importance of conserving these kind of stories, todo el trabajo de Oda. But I know this, 
it's implied and it's part of that too, no? But I'm interested to hear what Baruch and Shay have to say because, again, I was I was saying earlier about how putting those putting those experiences out there in the different mediums that they can be. We have that risk too of like, oh, I don't like that story anymore. I don't like that version of me anymore, right? But it's already there. And maybe other people will relate to that version of me. Or it's also maybe important to have a document of who you were eight years ago and who you are now and seeing that growth. But I don't know. I'm, I was thinking more como de manera colectiva y que es parte del libro, ¿no? También, but just I was excluding my that story from my question. From <laughs> You're my like question. I excluded me me ¿Cómo dice? I removed myself from that. <laughs> las experiencias y que eh, sigue reconociendo las experiencias again this book was published eight years ago and materialmente it's static no? materialmente este libro um, what Maggie was saying like maybe she says no I'm not the same person I was when I wrote this eight nine years ago no? she's changed we've changed Um, the spaces we habitamos change and we change with them or we change them um, through community también nos vamos transformando and uh, I'm gonna sound like really um, how do you say cheesy? no I, I don't want to no, I, 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 I don't I don't want to uh, <laughs> Mm. I, I don't want to quote myself. Hi. <laughs> quote yourself. Como dice el geógrafo este uh -huh. Alan Bader. Yeah. años connects with me, ¿no? Uh -huh. Diez años. Diez porque se escribió 
Creo que Nin, eh, como fotógrafa y arquitecta, como era muy importante para ella retratar los espacios, ¿no? Como los espacios eh, a donde estábamos llegando, los espacios que, que habitábamos y también para muchas de nosotras como los espacios eran muy similares, eh, en donde se ven como un poco vacíos, donde no ves tantos muebles, donde ves como las sillas de plástico, este, a lo mejor ni un sofá o solo ves los colchones este, sin base, ¿no? Este, como que eso siempre se me ha hecho como muy fascinante ver la similitud, pero también ver los diferentes territorios, ¿no? De, de lo que es estar más en un lugar rural o en un lugar este como condominio, como casa, como esos barrios, ¿no? Este, las montañas, eh, o incluso versiones nuestras también. Yo antes usaba como muchos anillos, muchos collares, uñas largas, maquillaje, el pelo corto. Jamás volví a tener pelo corto en mi vida. Este, pero era como, wow, la, a través de las imágenes también es una manera muy poderosa de, de conservar memoria y de contar estas historias. So, uh, I was literally scrolling to it like before we started our session, and I went back to this picture, uh, this first picture, like como comparten, there's some really beautiful pictures, and como dices, there is a lot of nostalgia, and I had the honor to be able to to plan out a, el, el book club uh, desde la coordinación de Pocha House, and... I actually chose this story based on the picture. So the first story that we shared, if I'm not incorrect, was El de Miguel, who is a deportee de St. Louis, Missouri, a León, Guanajuato. And it's one that I guess you could like maybe snap with your cell phone and stuff like that. It, 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 like you see it, it's on page, I think it's 64 to whoever purchases it. Ahí lo pueden ver. But it's of him with his back turned walking on a street that could be of any town in Mexico and I was always really captivated by like the wings that he had on his t-shirt and I might cry um but it gave me como this resonance of like being able to like fly and to hope and I connected a lot um and I wanted like everybody to read that story and I made sure like we included it Uh, because I want, I want to share his last, como his last um, words that he shares. I tried to hide from the reality that thus far, happily after after does not exist. I asked myself, I was deported for life. When will I see my little brothers? My father just passed away, and it's been three years since I last saw him in person. I'll never get to see him again. What do I lay my hope in? What happens now? Whatever the answer may be, this is my reality and this is my life until the great architect of the universe makes it otherwise. Thank you for listening. My name is Miguel and I have no choice but to be a dreamer and hope of a new destiny. And even though we talk about and we share now of these years that have passed and how we're in different places and stuff, pero lo que compartías, Maggie, que we were sharing, or you guys were sharing and writing these stories, while living these traumas and while being in the midst of these emotions, I see this picture and I see the wings in him and it's the questioning of hope, but at the same time it's the emotion of having to continue to walk. And that many times we find and we are members here and we are returnees and we are deportees that como todos hemos compartido, nuestras historias inician con un dolor. 
y nuestras historias inician con muchos llantos pero tuvimos que seguir caminando and we had to just continue walking even if we wanted or not and I just see that a lot in this picture Thank you for sharing that, Lenny. I think that, yeah, that, that speaks a lot to the pictures themselves could be a photography book solo, ¿no? Pero con las historias te da más contexto, ¿no? De la persona, de, de su trayectoria, de su experiencia. Um, and, it, and again, it continues to be very relevant and people continue to connect. And I think that is why ODA as an organization um, tries to give this book as a gift to everybody that comes for the first time because it's a way of introducing the community to that person that we don't know if they'll continue to come, if they'll take one year to come back or two or right away, but it's a way to say here, this is, you're part of something bigger than yourself and, and this is the, this is, this is what that means, right? And what that looks like. I did a quick, I guess you could say like a tejido, but not really. It's a copy paste of these two quotes or three quotes, I should say, that are from this first story. Quien es Azul, um, que es una mujer deportada en el 2009 de Dallas, Texas, a Merida, Yucatán. And the last story in the book is Claudia. And she is a returnee in 2006, and she is in from Wichita, Kansas, to Torreon, Coahuila. We've actually had the honor to be able to share space with Claudia, and one of her phrases, the one that I'm going to share with you, is one of the biggest ones que, que me quedo all of this time still. Um, but yeah, so literally, you can open up the first page, and one of the first phrases that you are going to hear or you're going to read, and ahorita Shay Varuk, if you guys also want to kind of like perk up your ears listen to it and let us know what you get from it too no so in the first page literally in the first phrases they say so as a public service announcement to you my exiled sister or brother i'd like to tell you tell you that you will always always be a foreigner i say this with four years of living in mexico and mexican as my credentials if you're back being a foreigner never stops claudia nos comparte soy nacida orgullosamente en México, pero criada en Estados Unidos, y orgullosa de ser esa rara y nueva cultura que ahora levanta su voz. Hemos sido los pequeños Frankensteins de un sistema roto, a quienes nos hicieron creer durante nuestra vida escolar que éramos especiales, con los mismos derechos que todos, sin importar raza, color, nacionalidad. Pero un día, ya convertidos en adultos, nos llaman criminales. And I went back to the first page as kind of a way of full circle and retomé eh, una frase más de azul que dice, I wish I could give you a clear-cut answer on how it ends. I honestly don't know if it does. There are good days when you forget and almost blend in, and there are bad. No good days. When you are reminded in angry and mocking tones that you are a failed attempt at permanence, what I can say is that there are others like you that they can be North Stars that help you in your journey. You don't have to do this alone. Antes de comenzar the closing, <laughs> thank you both for honoring us with, with uh, you guys' presence and words and, and sharing you guys' story. 
And pues they've joined us, both Shay and Baruch, on this episode. Pero también they know they're already invited for other conversations because they have a lot more to share. And uh-huh. so we're going to be having and you guys are going to be getting to know them a bit more. Aquí en Pochasova. And, well, once again, this is a special episode for the 8th anniversary of Les Otros Dreamers in collaboration with Otros Dreams in Acción. And it is stories that are still relevant because we are still fighting for those very things that they shared from their experiences. So these experiences that you all have heard along with ours is these continuations and these pages that we keep on adding um, to Les Otros Dreamers. So we hope this space can keep on adding to the narratives um, and can be an addition to to all of these voices that have shared. We want to close by by you telling other people that might be listening that are from the community and they might still think they're the only ones or we are the first people that they're listening to and what would you what would you want to tell to them? So yeah, if, if Shay you want to start. There's no time frame of cuando te vas a sentir cómoda. There's no time frame of cuando te, te tienes que sentir parte de la tierra. This is yours too. So there's no um, time frame. There's no right way or wrong way to vivir tu, tu experience. Y, y exprésalo. Like the way you can and the way you're in, in ese momento. Porque yo creo que no todos tenemos como que... Um, la situación idónea para to feel our feels creo que estamos como que en 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 the fight or flight mode de hustle y sobrevivir que that was very ingrained us siendo inmigrantes de you have to work hard you have to go 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 feelings later pero do try o sea si si yo podía dar un un, un consejo es do try to feel your feelings do try to desmenuzar cuando tan frescas para que no las descargando tanto tiempo. O sea, creo que eso fue lo que me pasó mucho a mí, que sigo cargando con mucho porque no me dejé sentir. O sea, no me dejé sentir, no me dejé llorar, no me dejé yo enojarme, no me dejé... Y, y se hace un festering muy cañón. O sea, está, está, está cabrón. Está cabrón el, el festering de, de sentimientos de que... Y es tan liberador sacarlos. Ahorita con el, el book club and todo other talks que hemos tenido aquí con Oda. Y se siente como un, un alivio, como que ya no... I got some weight off my back. Quite a bit heavy weights off my back and off my chest. The... What I'm feeling. Y también es... Y, y Oda is a safe space. Like, Oda is truly is a safe space para que tú expreses, para que tú vengas para que tú nada más escuches porque también es, es otra, cada quien está en su propia uh, fase en su healing, a lo mejor muchos quieren expresar lo que están sintiendo, otros nada más quieren escuchar para sentirse cómodos, para sentir algún tipo de, de security otros quieren hacer este advocacy like they're in that point of their, their healing and, and todo es valid y todos, todo se vale y y y, y te mereces, ¿no? O sea, realmente mereces un espacio donde puedes hacer tú. Simplemente. 
Thank you. I guess I would talk to 13 year olds, 12 year olds, young kids, because that's the experience I went through. No. Yeah, nuestros papás nos dicen, hacemos esto por tu bien, por ti amamos. And yeah, maybe that's their logic that they're thinking. But I guess it's important for us to también tener una voz desde esa edad. Callamos muchas cosas y más como niños porque nos enseña a hacer eso. But me as an adult, creo que ya yeah, como también trabajando mi adultocentrismo que también mm -hmm. seguimos reproduciendo. I would say if you're feeling sad, say it. Yeah. If you're feeling angry, say it. Our parents van a ser no lo que ellos piensan. But I think um, it's important to also sit them down and tell them what we're going to tell them. And eso también como it's okay to be afraid. Y justo no nos pegan estamos en todo este proceso de cambio but if you have one someone de confianza también find that someone es muy bueno de saber de todo it has been a lot of conversation a lot of things that have been we've been talking about related to to los otros dreamers the book but also how we identified with it, how it, it, it crosses us. And thank you, everybody. I second what Lenny said, and thank you for all of, thank you to our guests. And we definitely hope to have you back. We have shared about the platform before. So if you want to submit something by writing, by audio, by video, you can do it. Please reach out to Oda, Otros Dreams en Acción or us and we can connect you so that you can be able to submit some writing piece or audio or video and yeah and also remind everybody that you can get your book you can order your print on demand book if you're in the u.s if you're in mexico you can come to pocha house and we have copies available that you can purchase and yeah i think that this has been a, a really great space and I'll just remind everybody to follow Oda Otros Dreams en Acción. We're super active in social media, in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. There's a TikTok also that you can find. You can find us as Otros Dreams en Acción or ODA Mexico or Otros Dreams underscore Oda. Basically, todas las variantes de Otros Dreams en Acción Oda. And for Pocha So What as well, please stay tuned and follow us on our social media, mainly Instagram as Pocha So What. But we are working on season two and we will be keeping everybody updated on the launching of that season. And yeah, I don't know if you want to say any final words. I'm really excited for this new season coming up. We hope that everybody gets to hear it soon. It's been a lot of conversations that we've continued to be in vulnerability with, but that show different layers of the community. So, so stay tuned for that. And I thank you guys for inviting me i've been a huge fan i've been telling lenny i'm like oh my gosh you have to be in the podcast and i get to go yay so i had to say that shout out bye, bye. <laughs>